Yo, what's up? It's your boy H2O, and welcome back to another episode of the New Balance Podcast. That's right, we got another one in the holster. But before I get to my guest, man, shout out to all the New Balance family, the audience, the viewers, man. You know, I always take time to say thank you, thank you, thank you. Without you, there's no New Balance Podcast. And, um, you know, I want to say thank you because I see the uh, viewership going up in all the other areas that we're putting it. And um, that means a lot to me. That means what we're doing is working and you guys are wanting it and you're wanting more. So I want to say thank you. Thank you. Thank you. You have such an incredible way of encouraging me and pushing me. And I just want to encourage you to keep um, rocking with us. Let's keep building this because in the next two or three years, we're going to be places we could not even have imagined. Now, Enough of that said, yeah, I got another one in the building, but this one is so special. Like I always say, they all are. This one hits home in a different way because I'm on with a dear friend of mine, New Balance Podcast, show some love for my main man, Carlos Wilson. What's up, baby? Man, what's good? Uh, just a pleasure to, to oh, be on here oh, with man. you, man. It's it's amazing. It's amazing how life comes full circle. Yes. And, uh, Yes. I know we were talking the other day and you said it's been it was 25 years. 25, had, had elapsed. man. 25. And, and so many things have changed in those 25 years, but those roots yeah. don't they don't change. They stay they the do same. They not change, so, man. It's always a pleasure with, to be with someone that has the same roots as as I do. Okay. Yeah, that's, that's, man. that's big time. That's big time. Mm -hmm. Well, you, you heard him say roots, right? So he and I, we, we're from the same area, from the same town. And uh, man, you know what's crazy? And you and I even you and I knew this back in the day, but you know when you're in it, you got to go with it to a certain degree, right? Mm -hmm. So this young man, Carlos, we're both from um, Palestine, right? He actually went to Palestine High School. I went to Westwood. So you know, on the on the surface of things, we shouldn't even be doing no podcast, right? Because <laughs> right. it's that type of thing, right? Hatfields uh, and the McCoys. Come on, man. <laughs> come on. Huh? You know, I was teasing him before we got on. I said I'm wearing orange and white today just because he yeah. on the podcast, right? <laughs> and um, but what's what I love about it? Two things about this is, even though you know our schools was it was a big rivalry back in the day. Um, and we've had some heartfelt battles, man. And to be honest, I hate to admit this, golly, but it's cussed me like a knife. But I gotta go ahead and say, man, they they got the better of the robbery, man. I got to say, man, they put them things on the on the court. You know what I mean? They they beat us. We always felt one. we always felt like uh we love you guys, but y'all was always like our little brother. Like That's the little brother. See, <laughs> you see, you see, he throwing shots, he, shots fire. You see, That's, oh man, but it's all, love. it's all love. But this is what I this is what I dig about this guy. Even though there was this, it was a heated rivalry, um, rightfully so. One of the things about this guy was off the court. We were cool, man. We were down like four flat tires. And he was always one of the guys, man, just had his head on straight. And, you know, a lot of other stuff that can get caught up into those type of things. He was never one of those guys to be caught up into that thing. And so we've always had this this real mutual respect, cool, kind of um, laid back, calm, you know. And I tell you, um, everybody know if I show up to the party, I was definitely going to be the life of the party. But he was the same way, right? If he was in the building, he was oh, the life of the party, man. And yeah. so um, it's incredible, man, to fast forward all these years and uh, to see where we are and what we're doing now. And so 
uh, one of the things I wanted to start this podcast off by saying it, it is he now this is going to take him by surprise, but I'm going to break down what I mean. It's an honor to be on with him because he's a legend. Right. And I know when people say, oh, man, I mean, you see me as a legend. I'm like, yeah, but I'm going to explain to you what I mean by a legend. And I think there's a there's a world definition of a legend and it's, it's nothing wrong with it. Trust me. I ain't tripping. Because if I say a name on here from our town, if I say the name Hunky Cooper, everybody, what we all know, he's a legend. Oh, man. He's, he's a hometown legend. <laughs> Most Wherever definitely. he's been, he's been a legend. Where he went to college, where he played professionally, what he's doing now, he's left his mark wherever he's gone. He's definitely a legend. But I'm also on with the legend. Let me break it down. And I'm going to read the definition so I'll be crystal clear. It says a de- the a definition of a legend is an extremely famous, watch this, a notorious person, especially in a particular field. That's what they said a legend is. So why do I say Carlos Wilson is a legend? When you come from where he and I comes from and you overcome the things in life that he and I have overcome in life, and when you do it in a way, we know that you don't always get the rah-rah or the support that you absolutely need. Many times it comes through the chatter, the noise, and people throwing rocks at you. But what I love about Carlos is he's taking the rocks that people have thrown and he's built paths for people to follow. Why? Because what people criticize today, they're going to applaud tomorrow. And by the end of this podcast, some of the things that he's doing, some of the things he has done, you won't, you won't be able to help but applaud his efforts and, you know, um, give him his kudos for the things he's doing in life. So, Carlos, that's why I call you a legend, man. Um, you know, if they talk about based off of our personal life in that way and other stuff, man, no, no, man, it, come on. We're not we're not even we're not even getting in the category. But when God puts his hands on your life and he calls for a thing. Right. Um, you cannot deny the work of that thing. And so I think it's important, man, to celebrate people. And I'm a big proponent, a big person of giving people their flowers right now. What are we waiting for? Well, I got to wait 30 years from now. No, no, we're going to do it right now. So, man, shout out to you. And uh, I'm hoping I'm demonstrating something uh, for people, man, like me and him. Man, we had a different season of life. What we look like having some beef or falling out or dislike. Man, we know when we get on the same page and we can, even though our visions may be different, but if we can get on the same page, support each other, you know, put that rah-rah behind each other, man, that's when as a people, as our families, our communities, the towns we come from, that's when we can have some real forward movement. So, man, I just wanted to take some time to shout you out and give you some flowers from uh, from a person that's supposed to be your enemy, man. You know what I mean? And for <laughs> me... Know- yeah, and for me, I think that's big for real. And people that that's know me you. know this ain't no fluff. This ain't no that type of thing. No tickle me Elmo. This is just real <laughs> facts. And this is the place that we got to get to in life. That's you. That's you. It's it's an honor and it, it's a pleasure. Uh, and that's you know one of the things that's missing in our society it's, is man, black is black men yes. uplifting each other and yeah. uh, and and. And, and celebrating each other. That's it, man. And uh, I'm still a little uncomfortable sometimes, you know, uh, when it comes to, you know, my accolades and, and my life and my story. But it's definitely uh, an honor, like I said before, and it's definitely welcome. And I definitely appreciate, you yeah. know, the kind words. Thank you. Yeah, man. 
because we got to redefine what a superhero is, right? I believe, me personally, I'm a big Marvel guy. I love all that Marvel stuff, man. Um, I believe all of us, I won't say, I won't, I, ain't, I won't deem everybody to be a superhero because superheroes have to cup, they have to carry a weight that the everyday person doesn't necessarily get to cut, get to carry. But all of us have super, I, I would what I would call a superpower, right? Um, we you and I both know we sports guys, man. Ain't no I and team, ain't no I and we, ain't no I and us. But when you when you put the thing under the um, the microscope and you really dial in, you can see the DNA of a thing, right? And so today, I know we're going to get to see the DNA of the thing because you can see a lot of stuff on the surface of it. Um, but really, man, um, when you get down to the DNA, the DNA can give you the evidence that you need to know what a real thing is. And so part of that is, you know... Um, Man, my life was in shambles for a season, man. I mean, just from top to bottom, it was like, it was crazy. And I was all over the place in my life. And the reason I was, the number one reason was because I was so focused on trying to be the DNA of other people and what I thought other people's success was. I didn't get my life together until I went back to the, uh, the giver of life, which has the answer for my life specifically. And when God showed me what was in my DNA, I've been able to put things together and arrive at this place. And so, you know, when I look at you, we all graduated the same year. Um, and obviously during our college years, you know, it's a big deal when we come home, you know, those type of things, we see each other. But then kind of once college ends or whatever happens, all of our lives really, really take different paths, right? So that was really the hate, the, uh, the hiatus of me really not seeing not just you but people I grew up with people I went to school with and then for me I went through this like this season of where for a minute man especially uh, when my mom passed away man I kind of you know kind of I just I severed ties with my hometown man and I just it was like man I went through this whole metamorphosis part of it looking back at it sure I could have maybe handled it better but I thought it was the most important thing for me and able to get my life and be in the place I needed to be. So what I've tried to do really um, these last five years is really reconnect back home, um, back to my roots, um, because I believe there's some work there for me to do. Right. So when we when I talk to you, um, and we talked a little bit on surface about some things, I really want to get into um, this topic that we've been doing, man, probably, I don't know for how many weeks, 12, 13 weeks, man. And the title is this, living inside of what's living inside of you. So when I talked to you, I, I felt like, man, Carlos is really living in that and he's in heavy, hot pursuit. So really, I've done a lot of talking, man, kind of in this introductory. I really want to be quiet and kind of hear from you, Carlos, kind of let the people know who Carlos Wilson is and tell them a little bit about your journey. And from there, man, we'll kind of dissect this conversation, man. I got you. Um, basically, um, most people uh, know me as a Division One basketball coach. Absolutely. Um, that's you know that's kind of where I, I I've made a name for myself uh, right. in the world as a basketball coach. But not a lot of people know the journey that I was on 
to become, you know, a Division One basketball coach. And it's very unique. And, and it's a very unique story. It's a very unique journey. And once I got in that arena, you know, I knew I was different. You know, I knew mm-hmm. my story was different. Um, uh, it starts at Palestine, Texas, Palestine High School. Um, yeah. Grew up, you know in the new edition neighborhood of, of Palestine. And, Come on, baby. Come on, <laughs> man. Shout out new edition. <laughs> yeah, new edition. Come the on, whole, man. But fortunately, fortunately, um, you know, we don't have a lot of heroes, you know, coming from those small towns, coming from those areas. There's not Absolutely. a lot of people that's made it that we can touch and talk to and feel. That's right. But I was actually lucky. You know, I had a cousin, um, Hunky Cooper. Um right that you know he was he was the hero he was my childhood hero absolutely and um and i got to see you know on a daily basis you know what someone who's on that journey and who's on that grind what it looks like i I spent a lot of time with him um growing up and and so i knew what i what i wanted to be and what i wanted to do and um i just had to figure out how to get there uh, but that's when the real work starts. You know, you leave that small sheltered environment, that small yeah. hometown, and now they place you on this big college campus. Absolutely. Uh, and and I and I got to college, and, and my head is spinning. You know, I haven't ever have haven't been around this many people, this much diversity. Uh, the women, um, you know, alcohol, the, the drugs, and all that, and no one's telling you no. You know what I'm saying? No one's That's telling right. you, you know, you need to focus. You're here for this, that, and the third. And, and no one tells you that. So I am a, a cautionary tale of someone who goes to college and doesn't necessarily have the proper life skills to maintain and manage, you know, as a college student, as a college athlete. Gotcha. Um, and so that's that's me. That's that's my story. Um, so I, I get there and I quickly forgot why I was there. <laughs> you that's know, it, what I mean? man. As, 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 as quick as I got there, I forgot why I was there and my priorities yeah. shifted. Uh, and and I, and I paid the price dearly for it. I, I've always been an intelligent uh, a, a person. I've always been an above average student. Right. Um, and I've always been mild, mild, mild mannered. Um you know, and just a calm individual, don't, don't get into much trouble. Right. But, you know, once I got to college, all, all my home training kind of was thrown out the window. I, Come I on, couldn't. man. Come <laughs> yeah, on, so, so, so long story short, you know, I leave school. Um, school's not working out for me. Uh, you know, sports didn't work out for me. Mm-hmm. And so I, I, I entered the workforce. Um, but once again, I, I've never been – uh, in the workforce before. So when you're this big time college athlete, everything is given to you. That's everything it. is, um, everything is placed at your feet when you've been a big time athlete your whole life. And then when that reality of real life hits you, mm-hmm. you know, it does something, it does something to all of us. And I can't explain, but there's a depression period. There's a, there's a wilderness period. There's a period in which you're just lost, you know? And, and I, I went through that. Um, luckily, um, I got married, you know what I'm saying? I'm saying oh, luckily because if I didn't get married, oh, young man, it, it would have been real. It'd have been some, it'd have been a, it'd been a tragedy somewhere. Yes, so, but I got yes, married and, and my focus has shifted and, and now I have a family, you know, as, right. a, as a young man, 21, 22 years old, you know, right. trying to be the father, um, uh, that, you know, that I, I read about that, you know, that I've seen, but yeah. not necessarily experienced. And, um, and the strange thing happened when we're from the places that we're from, there's yeah. not a lot of opportunity, um, you know, financially, 
but guess who has all the money? <laughs> the drug dealers. Come <laughs> you on, know what man. I'm saying? These these are like my big brothers, you know, that I grew up with in the neighborhood and, and right. people that, you know, that I used to look up to uh, growing up. So now they're the ones that have all the money and you work in this job and you're like, man, I see him. He's driving this car. He lives in this house. And yes, sir. you know what? I, I, I might, I might need to try that too, you yeah. know? And, and I, I did, you know, I tried it and was very, very, very successful when Incredible. you place you know my hustle and my intelligence um right. into it you know what i'm saying i was a natural for it but it never felt natural i was That's a it. natural but it never felt natural it never felt like something that was really really embedded in and a part of me and i always knew that you know what i'm saying i was that that's that's not how i want to live Right. But, you know, when you have, you know, X amount of dollars coming in, you know, each day, each week, you know, it becomes addicting. That lifestyle becomes addicting. And, uh, you know, you fast forward it over the next 10 years of my life. You know, this is this is what I did. You know, what I mean, mm -hmm. like I had jobs here and there, but this is basically what I did. But, you know, I've always been a smart person and I've yeah. always looked at the successes and the failures of others and based my moves somewhat off of you know what's happening in real time in real life with, with people that i know Absolutely. and i'm close with and i said all that to say this my friends start going to jail one by one you know what i mean Come they on, started man. getting prison terms one by one and i'm looking at myself like am i going to be the drug dealer that retires from the game with not a scratch on him or am i going to go to jail too at some point and Come when on, you dog. look out, I'm like, OK, I'm I'm going to go to jail myself. So I've, I've mm -hmm. realized that. So either I'm bracing to go to jail or I'm going to have to change my life. You know what I'm saying? One right. way or the other. And at that point, that's the one thing that I, I want to do. I want to provide a better life for my family. Yeah. Um, and you can't provide a better life for your family incarcerated. It doesn't you know, Just it doesn't that, matter man. how much money you made. But being an absent father is definitely that's wasn't it. in the cards. That's and it. so. With that being said, man, I asked God to uh, if 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 he could uh, make a way for me to uh, to to follow my passion and my dream. Right. You know, I would leave that life behind. Right. And, uh, next thing you know, an opportunity came up for me. Uh, I was living. I had transitioned to to the Woodlands, to Houston, Texas at the time. But he, it was the opportunity for me to uh, coach at Heritage Christian Academy in Cleveland, Texas. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Okay. And so. Okay. Okay. So, you know, I, I moved my nephew in with me to get him off the street so he wouldn't be a victim of the streets of Palestine. And he's six, seven, six, eight. I wound up enrolling him at the school and, and I asked him, like, hey, do you guys need any help? You know, what I mean, I got time on my hands. They were like, sure. So I, I volunteered as a coach. And that's when I discovered, you know, my, my passion for coaching basketball. And uh, and so, you know, fast forward a few years uh, later, I've worked my way as to the head coach coaching spot at at, at, um, at Christian Life Center Academy. And, you know, I, I coached DeAndre Jordan there, um, oh, Ben McLemore okay. there. So okay. I had 35 Division One players, and I understood these kids, and I vibed with these kids, and I spoke a language that a coach has not really, you know, spoken to them. And they couldn't figure out, man, why is this dude so hip? That's and it. in my mind, I'm like, dude, I'm two, three years removed That's <laughs> it. From, That's it, bro. from the streets. You know what I'm saying? So, That's crazy. You know, but we all connected and, and I had a wonderful, exciting um, wow. career there, you know, but it was one thing missing. I didn't have my college degree, you know what I'm yeah. saying? So 
once again, you know, you know, you constantly you attain goals and then you have to reset goals. And sometimes you got to take two steps backwards to take two steps forward. So I, I wound up having to leave um, Heritage, I mean, Christian Academy to um, because my my dream has always been to become a division one coach. Right. And um, I left Christian life because I had to go back to school. And so I went to Tyler Junior College. Okay. Um, so that was my first uh, college coaching job was at Tyler Junior College. But because I didn't have a degree, Harry, they had to uh, be creative with finding a way to get me paid. Yeah. So they, they made me a supervisor over the janitorial staff at, at Tyler Junior College. And people didn't know that on the I think we played on Saturdays and maybe Tuesdays or something like that. But uh those same seats that they were sitting in, those same bathrooms that they were going to, man, I had cleaned them that morning. Clean them, you know what I'm saying? Clean like them. I had cleaned them that morning. And now once again, though, I'm back making, man, I, I think my first year coaching uh in college, I probably made eleven or twelve thousand dollars um oh, wow. a total. Incredible. And Incredible. and the and the crazy thing is, uh, so now they have the the, the NIL, uh, 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 and they have the um, they have they they give the kids you know the financial aid you know for the you know semester, and they have uh, stipends and things like that. Yeah. And, and I I want to say my last year at Arkansas State University, I think our kids, if you got Pell Grant and you got stipends and all that, I think those kids was getting probably about fourteen, fifteen thousand dollars a year. Absolutely. And I'm and I'm thinking to myself, you know, a couple of years ago, man, I, I had eleven thousand as a grown man, as and you guys in college, man. you know what I'm saying? So they're very fortunate. But what they, but you know, what I, I said all that to say this, you know, the path that I've taken to get what I wanted. You know, yeah. it, it wasn't always easy. You know, right. there was some tough nights. Um, there was some there was some tough days ahead. And and all this, like I'm re-enrolled in the school and I'm 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 working, I'm coaching, and I'm trying to graduate. Absolutely. You know? And and so and, and it all begins with a with a plan. Um mm-hmm. I, I, once again I knew my goal. And how do I get here? I have to re-enroll in college. Okay, you re-enroll in college. What are the amount of classes that you have to take? And I remember this notepad, and I still have this notepad um, down in my office, and it had every class that I had to take right? You know, to graduate. And I said, you know what? I'm going to do this in three years. You know, I- I'm going to finish this thing out in-, in three years if all possible. And every time I take a class, you know, I'd scratch it off. And, and mm-hmm. at first that list, that list looked like, oh my Ooh. God, it's going to take me Ooh. forever. Right. But you know, after a while, you know, I just kept crossing it off, kept crossing it off. Uh, so after a year at Tyler Junior College, um, I, I went on to uh, Odessa College. Okay. Um, and, and so I spent two years at Odessa College. And while I was at Odessa College, I graduated from the college. And um, I also attended the University of Texas, Permian Basin. Absolutely. And I got my bachelor's degree from there. And um, I, I remember sometimes like all the assignments were due on Sunday um, evening and Sunday midnight. And so we would, you know, practice or whatever, you know, the case may be. And I would sit in the office and I would watch the Cowboys or whatever football game on. I'm typing papers and things like that. And, you know, my wife would bring me dinner or the kids would come see me, bring me a cupcake and, you know, bring me some Gatorade and stuff like that. And I remember every at midnight every Sunday, I was pressing sin on that yes, last sir. assignment. Yes, sir. You know, 
in order yes, to, you know, saying to, to realize this dream. So now I've gotten closer and I know I'm graduating this summer and I start putting in, you know, the different resumes, sending resumes and applications all over the place. And we get to um, I get to a point where Arkansas State is interested and, and they wind up hiring me, you know, without the degree. But it's in the contingency that I completed by the end of the summer. Right. So they so they hired me, you mm-hmm. know, and when people talk about pressure, you know, pressure isn't a game, no, a basketball not. game, a sports. It's real life situation. You know, man. pressure is I'm recruiting for Arkansas State. I'm in Las Vegas, Nevada. Everybody in the coaching world is at these AU events and they're having a the time of their lives at, at nighttime. Right. And I'm finishing up my last courses. And if I don't pass these classes, I don't have the job at Arkansas State, nor do I have a job at at, at Odessa because I've exactly. already let them go. That I, I've let them know that I'm, you know, that I'm leaving. Absolutely. And so that's that's pressure. And that but is I, you pressure. Know, I, I wind up I wind up getting through it and I wind up passing and then boom, you know, and the rest is history. Um I've been I was division one coach um for the last uh, about eight years. Mm-hmm. Uh, total, you know, as far as a college coach, probably about 11, 12 years total as a college coach. Right. And then you add the high school, you know, I'm, 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 about, I'm about 20 years. I was 20 years in the business at, at yes, that sir. point. Yes, sir. So, so man, when you, oh man, I, I thank you first of all for sharing that, man. And, um, like you share some, um, uh, you, you went down in the vault and opened up some stuff, um, right. to share that journey. But like I told you, you're perfect for, this subject, living inside of what's living inside of you. And I'm hoping what people are getting and gathering, well, hopefully they were taking notes, that you had a dream to be a Division One coach, right? right? Now, obviously, 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 if you're listening, his journey to get to the dream, he didn't start it off right, right? <laughs> right. Because we all know what that ends up, but he believed that that was one of the ways he could jumpstart to get himself in position to do it, right? And thank God those plans failed the way that they did. <laughs> right. 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 And, yeah. you know, he spent a lot of time talking about his journey of how he had to work, the odd jobs he had to take to get to his dream, right? Now, watch this. Please understand, and I've said this every episode, when you live inside of what's living inside of you, we don't get a pass to put the rest of our life on hold while we go chase, become, and turn into the people or the thing that we are chasing. You have to know why he's chasing. Watch this. I want to break it down so people can real time know what it looks like. You have to know, man, he was married with a family. So that means his family, whenever the dream had to take a turn, that means his wife and his kids have to be on board with it. Right. right, and when I say be on board, that don't necessarily always mean that we agree, agree, agree a hundred percent. Right. When I say be on board with, they have to trust him. Right. But he's leading them because a father, a man, that's part of his responsibility is to lead his family. And I'm gonna tell you, man, my wife, I'm, I've been telling her she got to do a podcast. People talk to me, but they need to hear her side of the story because <laughs> man, she's had to she's had to trust me while trembling so many different times, right? Right. right. And um, a couple of those times, man, we had some flats along the way. The right. car stopped working. We had to get another. All these things that go 
into it. But the thing of it is, you know, she rolled with me. You know, she was the gasoline in the car pushing me. Even when I was like, man, let's turn around and go back. You know, all those things, man, they, you know, she, she encouraged me. So I want you to understand the pressure. I tell kids all the time, man, every, and I'm, I'm really, I don't know if I'll get back into it. Um, I know it's a really a want, a desire, because I love the game. I love the game of basketball. I love teaching it, but I've also figured out a way how to, how to teach life and the sport at the same time. But wow. one of the things, man, when I'm working out with kids and just trying to help them improve their game, one of the things they're always talking about, we, you know, uh, Coach H, man, you are just talking about how easy it is, right? And I tell them, I say, bro, listen to me. I say, with three seconds left on the clock, you got three free throws. Having to hit two of them, that is not pressure. Right. I say, let me tell you what pressure is, bro. Just like what you said. It's like, bro, I got this mortgage that's due and all these other things due. And I don't have no other outside money. I don't have, I can't call my mom. I can't call these people to come do it. My credit's so tore up, the bank ain't going to loan me no money. Been That's now. pressure. Because <laughs> if I don't pay, we got to get out of here. Got to go. Got to go. I said, <laughs> that is pressure. Right. I said, the type of player I was when I played, like I relished in those, in those uh, times. And this is why I believe I was good under pressure like that. Because the pressure that we had at home, you know, my mom, man, she had to divorce my pops. We lived in H-Town. Mm. Right? We like, she had to leave. She hadn't, she probably wouldn't have lived. Right. So we had to leave, re, uh, reconvene. That's how I ended up getting mm. to Palestine, right? Mm. Tucker, as you will, Long Lake, as you will, right? Uh, she worked in two jobs. Those first three years, us being there. We only saw her on Sundays when it was time for us to go to church because she worked one job, go to another one, right? Wow. Having to wow. believe God, what we going to eat. Um, had a janky car, understanding. You understand? Mm-hmm. Didn't know how we were going to do X, Y, and Z. And watch. Every time God would make a way. Mm-hmm. Like living in that and seeing her like have to stand on the front line and deal with it. And I'm saying deal with it like... She did with our dad. She could have been like some of the other ladies, you know, and had some some side money coming in without mm-hmm. going too graphic. She right. didn't do that. She right. did not do that. She went out and worked and got it. She was taking on jobs. She another otherwise wouldn't even have to work. But because she had three kids, it didn't matter. She's like, I'm going to take care of my kids, right? So seeing her do the things that she did, watching how we had to grow up, that was pressure, man. Right. That was pressure. Right. That, right. I mean, that was pressure. So when I got into a game and had to have a catch for a first down, this, I mean, this ain't no pressure. This is easy. Throw me the ball. We're going to get the first down. Okay, I need to hit the shot. We're going to hit the shot. So when, when you listen to this, and whether I don't care what your age are, when you define what pressure is, I want you to redefine it, right? Because yeah. there are some things we're dealing with in life. Ain't no pressure, man. Yeah. Ain't no pressure getting up in the morning looking at your social media posts. You got, you got, you got 250 likes and you wanted a thousand likes. That ain't no pressure. Man, that stuff don't even matter. Right? It don't even matter what the people next door to you have. All, all these things that we have allowed to, um, to give us pressure and have pressure. What I just heard from you, that's pressure. Because taking that journey, at one point you said you, you had a list of all the classes and you knew exactly what you need to take. And you said, when you took a class, you scratched it off. And you said when you first started, it was like, man, it ain't like you scratching off because it's like yeah. time. 
It's yeah. like the time of it, right? That's the pressure. It's like, man, do I have what it takes to like go through this and actually walk this thing out? Because you and I both know as a coach and really as a teacher, you and I both know if you're going to go to college, the best time to go to college is right after you graduate. Yes. Go ahead and sacrifice. Go, go as go as long as you can go right after while you while you you're your youngest, you're most you 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 got your strength, you're vibrant, all that stuff. You and I both know when you decide to go back some however many years later, it is hard. It's definitely tough. It's hard, man. From the financial, um, you're trying to balance everything, and I'm I'm gonna just be honest with you. When you're having to go back and do it, something's gonna, something is is either gonna uh, possibly fall, or you're not gonna you're not gonna be able to give something the attention that it needs. And many right. times we know what that is. It ends up right. being our family, right? Right. So, right. man, when you live inside of us, living inside of you, it's it is a cost. And I'm so glad, Carlos, you didn't throw in the towel, man. For right. somebody listening, do not throw in the towel. Your path may have to be similar to Carlos's. He ended up being there. He ended up arriving. But, man, did you hear his journey? Now, if you pull up a map, you heard the places he he coached, the places he went to school, right? He lives in Houston right now. He's from Palestine. I want you to get a map if you can, and I want you to chart those places and tell me how close they are. Ain't none of them close. Ain't none of them close, man. So, in other words, it costs you something. It, It costs you something. Um, to get there. So now what I want to do, Carlos, so now you um, you finished it, man. You graduated. Now you are living the dream. Uh, you are a Division One coach, right? Mm-hmm. So you and I both know when you get the thing and you, you get there, um, it's like, I made it. But now it's like you're starting back over from ground zero because now yeah. I got to prove, not to the university, I got to prove to myself that I belong here. Yeah. And so that's a different type of pressure. So kind of go walk us through um, what that looks like, what that felt like, um, you know, how the battles that you had to battle, the inward battles. We already know you got the outward batters, battles because when you're a Division One coach, period, you need to produce, homie. Right, most definitely. I'm just going to tell you right now, you they're <laughs> like, hey, they, we're going to pay you this money and we like yeah. you a lot and you can be here for the next 20 years. Homeboy, you got the win at the division one level. So talk about that pressure because you, the pressure to graduate. Okay. You did it. Now you're at the place. Let's talk about now you got the dream. Well, no matter what situation I'm in in life, um, you know, there's one, one thing that I live by and like, I believe in fear, you know, a lot of people say, okay, what, what fear are you talking about? I'm not talking about the fear of, of, of being afraid and, right you know, not knowing and you just really don't want to move forward because you don't know the outcome. And, you know, I'm not, I'm not, it's not that fear. It's my fear is facing everything and rising. You put a circumstance or situation or problem in front of me or a job, I'm going to face everything and rise, you know, because I know I have it here. I know I have it here. And I know most importantly, I got, I got it there, you know? So, I get to Division One. I, I get to Arkansas State, and college coaching, as as, as far as entry level college mm-hmm. coaching, is a young man's sport. <laughs> it's a yeah. young man's business. Yeah, because you're doing a lot of traveling, uh, you're doing a lot of recruiting, 
you know, your days typically begin at four or five a.m. A lot of times they end, you know, after midnight. Uh, you know, state to state, you know, city to city, um, and you know, and you're trying to juggle, you know, your work life balance. And most of these young coaches don't have families. They don't have kids. Uh, they don't, you know, they don't, they don't have, they're just fresh out of college themselves. So they're allowed to kind of hit it, you know, a little differently, but, you know, I was in a unique situation that I was a lot older, uh, than my counterparts that were Mm -hmm. entering the business. But what I leaned on is my wisdom, um, my relationship, um, my relationships and my connections with people and players. Uh, Um, that's one of the things that I've been blessed with is, you know, once we come in contact with each other, it's it's something about, you know, I'm saying me that you're going to remember, you know what I mean? And so I just leaned on what was inside of me and and didn't Mm -hmm. try to do it any different, uh, kept that same personality. You know, I was honest. Um, and, and you make your mark first as a recruiter. Right. Um, now, black men in college sports, they always want us to go recruit. But Absolutely. when it comes time to game plan and things like that, you know, we got it. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So, hey, that's that's it. But I always knew that I was as smarter or as smart as anybody doing X's and O's. Like, that's I just it. felt that. I've all, I just have this confidence about me. Maybe it ain't true, but I believe it in myself. You know what Absolutely. I'm saying? Absolutely. That I'm Absolutely. pretty smart when it comes to X's and O's in addition to being able to recruit. But that's what I did. I knew to get in the door that I had to recruit. And so, you know, I recruited and I recruited differently. I recruited, uh, you know, there's kids that's, you know, ranked number four in the country. <laughs> Everybody's going to want to recruit him. Absolutely. But what about that kid from Palestine? That's it. That don't nobody know about. You nobody. know what I'm saying? Um, but you saw something that you feel that would translate. I was that guy, um, Austin Reeves, that plays for the Lakers. Uh, now he's from Arkansas, uh, and I seen him play and wait. Like you know, you have the main gyms in Las Vegas uh, right. it, when you know during that turn, but then you have the gyms that's like way in the back, like the auxiliary gym. I'm passing through the auxiliary gym, and this kid catches my eye. Six, seven, uh, white kid that's shooting it, that's handling it. Got a little swagger to him. Mm-hmm. He just blocked the shot. Oh, my God. He, You know, he crossed somebody over and got to the rim, finished with the contact. So I go back and I tell my coach, yo, this dude, you know what I'm saying? I, I saw this kid. No, it's definitely you, – you ain't saw no kid back there in that back gym. Man, y'all trust me. So I bring a couple guys on our staff back there with us, and it blew their mind. And I said, guess what? He's from a country town outside of Jonesboro, population of two, three hundred people. You know what I mean? And uh, man, it was it was it was it was crazy. So I just trusted my eyes and I trusted my vision for what, you know, I'm saying a division one basketball player looked like. And it wasn't all Hollywood. I knew that when you have something inside of you, when you have a story. When you have a why, when you're beating or trying to beat the odds, I know once you step out in between those lines, there's a different that's that's a different player than the that's guy, that the white picket fist guy. So, that's that's you it. know, I made my first mark as a recruiter, um, and and then you know once once that grew, um, you know, the coach trusted me, um, and I, and I tell you what, the funny thing is, I, I became uh, like the we, we had this thing called a six man club where they brought all the alumni, you know, and all the fans or whatever would come in and they would, you know, it was probably once a month and it right. would be right before our games. And we would speak about the opponent, the state of the program and things like that. 
And um, I think everybody else kind of had a fear of speaking in front of people. And I'm like, I got it. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? So I would go in and, 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 and speak uh, at these events. And I mean, it's hundreds and hundreds of people. Uh, none of them look like me, you know, That's but I, I, I connected with those people also. And mm-hmm. so I became just a favorite, you know, uh, of our staff and our community, you know, and everybody loved me and they loved my authenticity. Uh, so right. that's kind of how that's kind of how I started in basketball. But then, like I said, I I, I wanted more. I, I wanted to be someone who was actually involved in the everyday planning, you know, of of, of the game of basketball. And I asked God, like, hey, I, I'm just not a recruiter. I'm so much more than that. Absolutely. And, you know, my brother passed away mm. in the process. And so I lose my best friend. I lose my brother. Uh, the closest person to me on earth. But then because of his death, you know, um, there was, I, I want to come back home. I want right. to get closer to home, be closer to family. Cause once again, I've been on this journey for the last, you know, six, seven years. That's right. And, and I'm missing birthdays. I'm missing, you yeah. know, you know, I'm missing momentous occasions for my, you know, my family back home. So I asked God, man, get me back home, work, work it to where I can get back home. And guess what? Our coach abruptly retired. And uh, when the coach abruptly retired, uh, 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 Texas Southern University, a women's basketball program uh, gave me a call and offered me the job of the associate head coach. And they said, we need someone that can X and O and someone that can um, put us in place to win a championship and go to the NCAA tournament. And you're going to be heavily involved in everything day to day, you know, from recruiting to planning practices to just the overall operations of a program. And that's all I needed to hear. And so I've been here in Houston ever since I came back the first year at Texas Southern Man, I'll tell you what, it's nothing like a magical run and, in basketball, like but in life, too. And That's it's just it. everything comes together perfectly. And right. my first year at Texas Southern, everything came together perfectly. And we won the league. Uh, we won the conference tournament. And then we go to the NCAA tournament for the first time in Texas Southern history. Uh, the women's basketball program went to the NCAA tournament. And Texas Southern has had some lean years, you know, prior you know, uh, to us getting there or what have you, but uh, like it, it all came together for us, and and I and I would like to say I was instrumental, you know, Absolutely. in pushing those buttons. And yeah. so God gave He's given me everything that I've asked for. Right. I, I'm telling you, there's nothing that I haven't asked for that He hasn't given me. But let me tell you the funniest thing right here. So now, you know, once again, you you you're constantly you're, you're achieving goals and you're resetting goals. So right. if you have the same goal and it's been 10, 20 years, you might want to change that goal. You change that it, might man. not you be what God it. wants for you. That's so it. I update my goals now and I say, I want to be a head coach. I want to be a head basketball coach at Division One. Yeah. Okay. So once again, I've ha- I have the resume. Uh, I've had the NCAA birth. Uh, and the job at Texas Southern comes open. Uh and I don't get it. Mm. <laughs> you know what I mean? Uh, our coach got another job. I was thought I was the front runner, you know, knocked the interview out the park, and I don't get the job. They mm. hired the great Cynthia Cooper, you Absolutely. know, WNBA legend. Yeah. I'm like, okay, I'll, 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 I can take a loss to a Hall of Famer. Absolutely. And so she she allowed me to stay on her staff as associate head coach. Um, and, like, immediately just being transparent, like, I had, you know, I'm saying like I, I managed the day to day operations, 
But she said, I got all the basketball. I, I don't really need your help as far as basketball is concerned. So, you know, I'm twiddling my thumbs a lot of times in practice. You know, I work with the post players, but just not very involved in, in our planning and things like that. And, you know, right. she just, just kind of how she ran it. Uh, and then after a couple of years with her, you know, I'm wondering, like, God, yeah, I asked you. <laughs> I told you I wanted to be a, a, a Division One coach. Don't look like it's yes, hey. And then this thing called COVID hits. You know, yeah. this thing called COVID hits. And we look up one day and she got COVID and half of our team has COVID. Incredible. And they like, Carlos, I need you to, you know what I'm saying, to get us through this patch. So that was like a four or five game stretch where, you know, I was the, you know, I was the acting head coach, uh, mm-hmm. you know, during this COVID uh, breakout that we had on our team. And, you know, and, and we, we actually set a record. We only had five players and we scored over a hundred points. First time that five players in division one, I, I think we scored 103, 104 points with five players. Incredible. But um, I just came in. I said, I got to be authentic. Once again, I always talk about being authentic to myself. I can't do this mm-hmm. how you've done, done it, coach, with all due respect. I got to be me with these players if my message is going to resonate to them. And I came in, man, I opened it up. I allowed us to have fun on offense. We locked in on defense. And we did the little things. We were about each other. We was about a team. Um, and, 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 you know, the main thing is we competed. And I just yeah. said at the end of the game, like, if we competed, that's all I'm asking for. If we that's compete, it. we leave it all on the floor. And so we had a magical, you know, four-game stretch where the, you know, it, it the, the energy, we re-energized the arena, you know, the fans, the players were, you know, excited. Uh, and then, you know, coach came back and, uh, you know, we finished that season. And, and, and at that point, you know what I'm saying, um, I just was burnt out, you know, mentally, physically, spiritually. And, um, you know, I decided, you know, like, I'm, I'm, I'm done, you know what I'm saying, for now. I'm going to say see you later. I, I'm not going to say goodbye, but I'll say see you later. But I, I laugh because I asked God, I want to be a division co- division one coach. And he's like, I gave you, <laughs> you know, the, the, what you asked me for. I, so you got to be real specific when I'm you're praying and when you. you're asking. I'm and I learned my you. lesson about being specific during that time. But I appreciate that moment. It's a yeah. moment that's in the history books. And uh, no matter what, you know, I achieved that goal of being a division one uh, coach, albeit for a short period of time, but right. I actually attained that goal also. Well, man, see, this is, the, this is the thing. Like one of the, I had a question, one of the things that says, what about your passion wakes you up mm-hmm. and then drives you? It's a two part question. Cause there is a thing of, there are things in our life that gets us up. Right. Um, but then there are things in life that drives you. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. the whole time I'm listening to you tell this whole, your story about your journey. Um, even though, man, you had to share some difficult stuff about your journey. Mm-hmm. Um, even, you know, Hey, you're in the place now you have the resume, um, mm-hmm. to get the job. You know, you got the put back in, but you don't get it. Mm-hmm. Not one time during this interview, I mean, you've been telling this story with a smile. Yeah. For me, that speaks volumes because it tells me like when you live on the inside of what's living on the inside of you, even though you face adversity, it's not a struggle. It's not it's not something that's depleting. It's not something that 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 you just having to regret when you live inside of what's living inside of you. First off, you living in the thing that God designed you to be and to do. And I'm telling you, if you could ever whoever you are listening, if you could ever get to that place 
and and get in that place, I'm not saying life is going to be full of cherries, but you're going to be so fulfilled. I'm right. listening to Carlos. There's a fulfillment. And even though, like he said, he didn't tell them, he didn't tell them goodbye. He told them, see you later for now. I still hear his, the fulfillment in his heart, in his voice, you know. Um, and we know in the workforce, man, that's just not the case. Uh-huh. The average person, man, will tell you in a minute, man, they be like, they, I want to tell my job to kick rocks and die. I'm <laughs> right. just straight up telling you, man, uh-huh. like they, they do it because they have to provide for their family. Other people are dependent on them. But when you do right. what you love, man, even though you get paid and you have all the other things, you can truly, truly tap into being who you are and then be a blessing to people. See, that's the right. greatest earmark. See, if I could go back and I could go and interview different uh, players, um, staff members, faculty at those various schools, not just TSU, I guarantee you, if you stick your finger in the oil of the interviews, the oil is going to taste the same because why? the person you were at those different places. Now, obviously you grown at the different places, but your contribution and the reason you could give that contribution at those places is because you were living inside of what's inside of you. And that's wow. what this whole thing is, is to get people to figure out what it is. Like, like you said, you had always wanted to do it. Mm-hmm. I believe there are people now who have, big vision inside of them, but they are afraid to step out, especially those of us that are in our stages of life, right? And yeah. you're like, man, it's a wrap. It's yeah. over. Why am I doing it? Look, you see me on here doing this now, and I got a bunch of irons in the fire right now. Um, but the season um, for me to do the things just presented itself here in the last two, two and a half years. Right. Right. And so um, I'm, I dare not look at the season of life I am to say, no, well, you know, I missed my time or it's, it's, it's too, it's um, time that ran out on the clock. That's now. I'm still breathing. Right. right? The, the thing on the inside of me is burning like it was, whether it was 20 years ago or if it's right now. So, so now you're in this, I, I call it, uh, uh, I'll say passionately, transition. You've transitioned. Yeah. Um, talk a little bit about um, talk about the the and I want you to talk about the mind of this thing now. Um, because you said some key things. Because there is a such thing as doing the thing you love or being living in the thing that's on the inside of you. You said a couple of things. You said you you were you you got burned out. Mm-hmm. Um, and you and you use the categories of the burnout. You said physically, mm-hmm. mentally, and spiritually. Mm-hmm. Talk a little bit about what that looks like. Help people know. Help people. Uh, help some people to know how to navigate that. Because I think sometimes we mistake burnout for the end. Right. right? No. And um, one of the things, my wife, man, she's been retired now six years. And one of the, my thing was, look, look, whatever you decide to do in retirement, man, you work this job 30 years. So whatever you want to do, you earn the right to do it. Okay. I want to support that. But all I'm asking is before you officially retire, make sure that you already retire and make sure that it's not that you just need a long break. 
Right. That's a because right. if you retire and you needed just a long break, you may not be able to go back and reset some things. Right. So she did. Right. She went through the process and she thought about it and she's like, no, I'm ready to go. Right. So she did. And she has been. Obviously, she's picked up some other things to get her out the house and be around that type of thing. But mm-hmm. when the sister left, she was like, I'm through. So <laughs> I think that's I yeah. think that's critical. Talk a little bit about that, Carlos, what that looks like. How's that feel? How do we how do we handle those situations? Well, you know, the thing is, is and I was speaking to 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 hockey. Uh, Hockey Cooper, and you know, both of us know him well. Um, a family member, he's uh, on the staff at San Diego State University, and he always has profound words uh, for me in any situation that I'm in. And and but we spoke about self preservation, okay, and and basically like, okay, you love your family and you want to be there for your family, and your family is your wife, but if you don't have self-preservation, if you don't take care of yourself, you won't be of any value to the people that you love the most. That's it. And that's, and that's what stuck out uh, the most to me is, is that statement. And so here I am, you know, pouring my life into this, this job, to this, to this field, um, helping um, these young men and women figure out life and attain their goals and I'm burning the candle on both ends. But by the time I get home, I'm, I'm really no value to, to, to my kids, you know, to to my family. And so, you know, my house has always been, you know, most important to me, but I I haven't displayed that at at Mm -hmm. times because I was so focused and committed to climbing this ladder uh, of this thing that we call success in, right. in the coaching world. So with that being said, um, physically, I, I had gained, you're talking about someone who was an athlete, you know, absolutely. But now, here's this big time athlete that played above the rim. Um, and was, it was cat quick and, you know, had every muscle that, that, that you're supposed to have as a young man. And right. here I am weighing 270 pounds. Yeah. You know, okay, yeah. that's that's number one thing. Um, uh, mentally, just have so many things that's going on in my head, so many scenarios on what's next, what you know, how I'm gonna get through this. And you know, we got the big game tomorrow, and I gotta go get this recruit. And oh, this kid is failing, I, I, I gotta get him eligible. And you know, you got all these things, so your mind is racing, and you never it never even slows down, it begins to take a right. mental toll on you to where. Physically, like you can't you can't sleep uh, right. at night. You know what I mean. There's a lot of restless nights. There's just you know you're taking a pill to go to sleep, and but then you get up in the morning. You got to drink a five hour energy to, to to get going. And you know what I'm saying on Red Bull. So yep. you know, so mentally it, it's taking this toll on, on me to where you know the stress and, and and things are you know beginning to to have an effect. And then on on spiritually. You know, you, you you forget that you can just call one name, and mm-hmm. and, and that's the name of Jesus, and and this thing, it, 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 he's gonna go to work for you. Absolutely. But you, but you get, but you you kind of put that part that you know that'll work. You put that on the back burner because you feel like, man, I'm kind of like out here by myself, and you know, you know where you at. You know what I mean? And, right. and so you kind of say, I'll handle it by myself. Right. Um, but that doesn't work, and right. so. 
I made it a point at the same time, we got so many people, Harry, back home, you and I both know that are dying for whatever oh, reason, but oh, they're in their forties and their thirties and fifties. I just lost my niece at in, in her mid thirties, you know, and things was cool on Saturday and, and, and everybody's talking to her and yo, okay, but we'll see you there. And then Sunday morning, she went to sleep uh, Saturday night and didn't wake up, you know? Crazy, and and, and so, you know, life is a blessing, you know, yeah. each day that God wakes you up, it it, is, it's, it's, it's a, it's a victory, you know? Yeah. And, uh, and, and so I, I, I was like, I got to appreciate life more, just, just the essence of life, just having breath in your body. And, yeah. and so I've just felt like it was best for me to step away from, from, from the game so I can regain and control uh, my life. And, right. and so that's, that's what happened is, you know, I stepped away, you know, I, the first thing I did is, is it became a praying man again, you know, yeah, man. at yes, night sir. when I went to sleep and when my feet hit the ground in the morning, you know, I, I'm going to give it to God, you know what I'm saying? All glory and thank him for everything that he's done for me. That's it. And so that's my first adjustment that I made. Yeah. And then my second adjustment is say, you know what? I'm going to start eating right and I'm going to start exercising every day. And that's just like that list of classes. I'm 270 now, right. but I'm going to start marking these pounds off, <laughs> you know, and, and kind of getting back, you know, to some optimal health. And yeah. I started doing that. And it's amazing when you do the spiritual and you do the physical, the mental, it, it all ties in together, you know, I, I, you know, I started getting off of social media and started reading a little bit, you know what yeah. I mean? Um, yeah. And, and start getting back into books, getting back to exploring and, um, and, and, and researching different things, you know, and, and, and so my life kind of just, it came back together. And, and I know, and then we talked about, you know, the whys, like what gets you up in the morning and what Absolutely. drives you. Um, absolutely, you know, what, what gets me up when God wakes me up, it's just, he's given me an opportunity that, mm. that, that some people didn't have, the, the, you know, the, that night before there was some people that was here that don't have it today. And so that's the first thing you give me an opportunity I have breath in my body. You know, that means I have a chance to do the great things that I was put on earth to do. And so right. that's what gets me going. Right. And then once I'm going, it's my wives, it's my family, it's, uh, creating, generational wealth for even when i'm gone my grandkids yes, my yes, great sir. grandkids will have something that they can call their own and they don't have to start from from right. the beginning they can that's get it. a head start in the race like some some others uh that's that's one of the things i want to do and then i want to do positive things to leave a legacy yeah. to leave a good name because there's nothing more valuable on earth than a good name you know Don't what i'm saying you. You can get into some doors. You can get into some avenues with a good name, but sometimes you don't have money. And right. so those are the things that I'm focused on now in, in life and, and establishing to where I can create that for my family. Oh, man, incredible. Um, I was telling you, man, we there are so we have so many things alike. Um, our focuses are aligned, like we're on the same path, doing some of the same things. And so, like, for me, what was so ironic is – um, obviously, like I said, we, we don't talk, we, there's not a connect that type of thing, but I, I tell people this all the time. Like life is about, it's about seasons. It's about markers and places. And this is, I, I believe this, I live this. You'll get to a point when you are focused on your purpose, your destiny, you're focused on living on the inside 
of the thing that's on the inside of you, what's going to happen is God's going to, um, if you know anything about a, um, a org chart or organization chart, you know how the thing is set up. And you, ha we have, when you make a choice to do whatever you're going to do, you have that type of organization or org chart, right? Right. But when you decide that you're going to live on the inside of what's on the inside of you, God comes in and he reorganizes it. And when you're on your path, on your journey, God says, at this point, I, I need to connect you with this. I need to connect you with that. Or I need to bring you into this relationship or these paths need to cross. Right. Um, I say it this way. I believe that there are three, three relationships every person should have. The first relationship every person should have is there should always be a relationship or relationships that pull you up meaning there are relationships that you can look up to, that you can actually learn from, um, they pour into you, uh, and they give you a uh, preview. They, they are a trailer of things to come if you put in the work to get there. So everybody needs that relationship. The second relationship is the Bible talks about how iron sharpened iron. That's, a, that's, that's the relationship where you guys are here together. They bring something that sharpens you, and then you bring something that sharpens them. And together, it is a powerful motion that helps the both of the relationships. And then the very last relationship is there needs to be people in your life that you're able to reach down and pull up. Right. Right. And so when um, we were talking, and for me, um, when I when I do these uh not all the time but a lot of time i talk to my wife because it's like man i call her uh she's a second holy ghost man her voice mm -hmm. sounds just like i'm just telling you man it's she, it's incredible her you know um her perception uh of, of life and i listen to her a lot now she better give me some kudos because she's like you're not listening <laughs> i just told the world baby i listen to oh, yeah. her. what do you think i do and so when i'm bouncing things off of her because I'm I'm wanting to get the feel right. And so I was telling her about this. And she's like, man, like you always say, God knows when and the where. Mm -hmm. Now, let's see, that was, I'm trying to put the date on it. So I think this was at the beginning of COVID. So that was okay. two years ago that we saw each other at, at yeah. the funeral, right? Yeah, right. Okay. So when I saw you, now I already knew that you were coaching uh, for mm -hmm. TSU. And... Um, and for me, I'm like, man, that's that's huge. Just in itself, man. Anytime we can celebrate, you know, our people doing anything, but especially when we're from the hometown, from where we come from, anybody get out and doing anything, man, we show sure enough want to celebrate it, right? Right. And so we didn't get a chance to talk, we just connected. And so I think after that, we start following each other on social media. Then that's when I could start seeing the different things. That's when I started getting the like, man, we I need to connect with Carlos. I don't know what all he's doing other than coaching yeah. in life, but yeah. I just know when the time is right, yeah. you know, got to connect it when it needs to happen. So when we talk and all the things you're talking about doing, we are actually doing the same thing. Some yes. of it has a different heartbeat, but the focus of it, the vision of it, and the right. long-term goal of it is the same thing. I'm saying right. that to say this to somebody, um, you know, two good, two dudes, who used to be at Lincoln at the party dancing could <laughs> never have imagined right. our paths would be where they are. Um, the things that we're doing in life, um, 
there's so some even coaching the way you coach, you coach the sport. You know, that's what I do in life. I coach people. Um, God's giving me a unique title for what I do. It's called the potential conditioner. People hear that all the time. It's like, man, what, what in the world is that? And I break it down this way. I say, listen, I say, you know this as a recruiter. I say, you'll go see a, a kid play. And like you say, it's something about that kid. Um, every kid in here, they doing their thing, right? But this kid has it. And it's something about him that identifies with our program. Right. And so you go, you go through the recruiting process and you recruit him, right? Watch this. The kid, his family, they make the they make the decision to come to TSU, Arkansas State, wherever you're coaching. Watch this. When they get there, right, you recruit them off of the potential. You recruit them off of the potential. You don't have anything else to recruit them off of no. other than the potential that's in them, right? So you and I both know this. Um, they get there and you already know, hey, we're going to coach them up. We're going to train them up. Schools have, uh, especially, you know, football season is here. It's getting ready to jump off this weekend. And we're going to see some the big boys play this weekend in college yeah. and pro. But you know, at those schools, they have what's called strengthening and conditioning coaches. Yes. Their job is just this, is to strengthen and to condition the potential that we recruited this kid on. That's why when you see kids, I remember when I was, I don't know if you, you remember when we was in school, one of the guys in our area um, that really went off to do some great things was Tony Brackens. Remember, he yeah. was Fairfield. Yeah. Fairfield, yeah. yeah but, but when he's this size. Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah, we good. Can you hear me now? Okay, I got hey, you. I got. You. So when he 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 left, he looked like this, but then about <laughs> three four years later, he come back like this. <laughs> I'm came telling back you, like <laughs> at, at Texas, it's the part of the strength and the conditioning. They saw something in him. Those coaches, they they work that potential. They strengthen it. And they conditioned it. And so one day, man, I was trying to figure out how I'm going to do this. And, man, God dropped it in my heart. It's like you're, you're a potential conditioner. What you're going to do is you're going to strengthen, you're going to condition the potential. Like I put the potential in people. Wow. But they need yes. they need like a coach. We know what it's like in Palestine. People, they think we'd be yeah. playing, man. But we would come back in the summer, you know, from summer break and have to go to two a days. Man, it's 101, 102 degrees outside. Right. We out yeah. there in football practice. I mean – but it was necessary for the season. And so when you look at right. life, it's the same thing. I said that to say, I, I don't know what it's like to sit on the side of a, a sidelines. And man, believe it, this is crazy. That's why you got to go out. You have to, you have to live inside of what's living inside you. So I'm, I played at Paul Quinn, Division Three school. Mm-hmm. So, and we got, man, we had a run while I was there. We had a real nice run. So anyway, um, I get there. And I was going to school for um, business communications. Back then, they didn't have media degrees like they have it now. But I knew I wanted to do something because I knew I felt like, man, I'm an entrepreneur. It's an entrepreneur in me. So I was going to figure that out. Cool. Everything's, everything's happening. Man, my best friend and two of the other guys, we, all of these guys on the team, he was going to school as an elementary ed. And we had two other guys. And, man, we spent so much time together, man. And I remember talking to him, man, watching him go through the grind. 
Carlos, just like I'm talking to you, I remember the day God dropped in my heart. You need to switch your major to elementary education because I had a desire, man. I wanted to be a basketball coach, a high school basketball coach. I know that's what I want to do, man, because I was all I had already. My mom had I had grown up being like in a mentor, even my generation. Right. And it never went away, man. And I remember, man, he was like, man, I'll help you do it. But, man, I never stepped out and chased it. And to this day, man, it's one of the biggest regrets. I was like, man, I would have been a high school basketball coach and I would have been a history teacher. But then I'm so thankful that what God put in me, I'm able to do it now. I do it in a different environment, in a different way. And um, I wouldn't even be doing that if I never embraced it. So I'm telling you, like, when you see it, when you know it's the thing, you can't ignore it, man. You gotta embrace it. You gotta right. embrace it. Right. And um, the whole potential conditional thing, man. Just like God gave me my my um, my assignment, He gave me what my um, what am I trying to say? My um, what my occupation name is. Like He created a lane for me. Right. And when I think about the the world, when I look at a generation of young black men that are full of potential. Man, they got so much potential, man, but they're not doing anything with it. Like, I can't sleep at night knowing I can do something to change the gauge. I can do something to change it. And so everybody, when everybody engaged at their place, that's what I'm saying. We can do some great things. So, man, this has been such a great conversation, uh, Carlos, man, like hearing your journey and um, hearing, hearing um, you know, what God has done, um, how he's done it, and then this is a great thing. He ain't finished, man. You just scratching the surface of things that uh, you know that you're gonna be doing. Yeah. And so um, you know, talk talk to us um about um because you're more than just a husband, a father. Um, you know, you shared your, your history. You're also an entrepreneur. Mm-hmm. Um that's that's the track that I'm on right now. Yeah. I'm all about it. I'm I'm all in and I believe more of us need to become entrepreneurs, take control really of um, what it is that you want to see, especially if you're talking about generational uh, legacy and you're talking about generational wealth, you're going to have to become an entrepreneur at some point to see those things the way you really, really want them to be seen. So talk about, you know, how that feels, man, and, you know, what that looks like. And, um, you know, people think it's just, you know, they'll say, well, it's just for those. No, it's for anybody who will put their hands to the plow and do the work. So talk about it, man. Like the the birth in it, you know, you're in it. Talk a little bit about that. I think it's pretty cool. People need to hear that. Well, you know, it, it starts, you know, with my family back in Palestine. Um, Got it. I, I think, you know, for a certain period of time, like in the 50s and the 60s, I, I felt like we were a prominent family. Um, mm-hmm. My 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 grandmother, my great grandmother had had a cleaners. Uh, we had daycare centers. We had some things that were staples in the community. We had a restaurant uh, that serviced the kids uh, at story school and and mm-hmm. the you know employees and staff. Um, so I've always been around businesses. My mother was a beautician, and my sister uh, is a beautician uh, still to this day. Right. And so the entrepreneurship uh, gene. I was born into it, uh, basically, and um, that's something that I've always wanted to do. 
and I'm going to rewind a little bit, like the ending of the Texas Southern uh, situation. Like I already knew that I didn't want to, you know, coach any further, you know, uh, after this past year. Um, and so when, when coaching announced her retirement, um, you know, they basically told me that, um, you know, we want to open this thing up and give, you know what I'm saying, everybody, you know, a shot nationally, you know, at putting their name in the hat. And at that point, that that once again, that was God telling me, man, this ain't this ain't for you, brother. You it's know, the exit, so, man. It's the exit. So I'm like, I'm like, I appreciate you because uh, there's so many more things that that I want to do that I want to accomplish, uh, Absolutely. you know, that's greater than, than, than basketball. And so the first thing uh, that I, I, I want to do is uh, create a sports agency. I, yeah. I noticed that um, a lot of our athletes that I coached in, in college that I recruited that I'm familiar and close with, um, they have, you know, they have difficulties finding an agent, you know, getting that right, you know, management staff around them to guide their careers Right. And there's not a lot of people that they can trust. Uh, and with my players, uh, or my players are my family. Um, they're an extension of my family. They come eat at the table. They spend the night at the house. They take my daughter, you know, to volleyball practice. Uh, they show up, you know, for, you know, my family for funerals. Uh, you know what I'm saying? We yes. go to church together. Yes. So we're a close-knit group. And so they trust me and I trust them. So I thought naturally that'd be the greatest thing for me to stay in the business and the game that I love would to be uh, on the management side of it. So my niece and I, Ashley, we came up with uh, the 1502 sports group. Right. And so we're getting that um, off and running, uh, which is a, a full scale uh, sports agency, which we handle, you know, the contracts, we handle the marketing. Uh, or even if you have an agent uh, already, you uh, we we can we can we can stand beside you and 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 help you maneuver and and make sure that they're held accountable as far yeah. as the people that you put around them. So that's one of the things that I wanted to do, and that's one of the things that we're getting going now. Um, and like I can't wait till we're hitting the ground running. Hopefully, by the NFL draft, um, uh, the twenty twenty three draft, we'll, we'll have this thing uh, settled. Um, and so that's one of the things that I want to do. And I began um, to do that. Uh, another thing. Uh, yeah. Another thing that I, I, I'm doing currently is I became a health coach um, to where I'm an independent contractor. I'm helping, you know, people like me and you um, get it. our lives back in order uh, yeah, man. from a health standpoint. You know, we're at that age that, you know, we can we can reverse whatever's going on right Absolutely. about now but yes. then if we get on up into our 50s whatever we got we got to live with it and learn how to manage it so I'm, it. I'm attacking that issue because i think that's one of the things in the black community that you know that we haven't placed a premium on is our health you know yeah. and, and fitness and so i parlayed my knowledge and my experience into that uh and but the coolest thing that that i'm doing is is the cigar business it's 1502 and stern buying oh, wow. cigars you know what i mean so my nephew and I, uh, you know, he introduced me to cigars a while back. Uh, and, and my brother, you know, that passed away that, you know, we, we all, you know, saying used to have an occasional cigar. And that used to be very a cool time for us. You know, that was our yoga. That's right. when the world stops and you're breathing and you, you're exhaling and you're just having great conversations. I've never smoked a cigar and I was angry ever. And if it was ever something on my mind, I let it go once right. I lit the cigar up. So uh, from the business standpoint, 
you know, we developed 1502 and Stern Fine Cigar Company, which is a mobile cigar lounge. So we bring the cigar lounge to you, to your event, whether it's a wedding, birthday, uh, corporate events and things like that. And since I haven't been coaching, we've been pretty busy. And then we were blessed to even extend that further. And we're about to debut our own cigar line which is called La Avienda, the Avenue, Stern Avenue. If you, you may know where Stern Avenue is. I do. Uh, right. So, come on, so come that, on. That's you know, old, I know where it is. Yeah. Yeah. I got you. That's the old to our roots, uh, yeah, our past, our upbringing, uh, and all the things that we stand for. So we want to, we're getting into that market uh, from the, on the, uh, manufacturer side of our own cigar line. And so that's exciting. That's fun. It's kind of like taking the place of basketball because it's a hobby. But it's something yeah. that you would do for free, but but it happens to be an actual business that can be yeah. lucrative for us. And but but the last thing that I'm working on, not the last thing, but the key to it all is the book. Um, I want to put my, you know, my journey on paper yeah, uh, and let people know it's never too late. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? You, yeah. You're looking at you looking at the quintessential, uh, quote unquote, late bloomer, someone who gets their right. degree after the age of 30. Yeah. Um, you know what I'm saying? Someone who buys their first house, you know, at the age of 40 something. You know Come what I'm saying? Man, the, you know, the first one that gets a, you know, I get a new car. The first new car that I drove off the showroom, 40 yeah. something. Yeah. Man, I'm experiencing so many great things at this season in my life. And yeah. like, I'm not going to slow down. I'm not going to give in to the old adage that, you know, time is going to, you got to slow down. And you know, no, wow. like as long as God's giving me breath in my body, he's giving me yeah. an opportunity to do great things and to help others. But basically everything I do is I want to be able to help someone. I want to be able to go back to the youth or to that person that's trying to figure out how do yeah. I get out the streets and become a legitimate person? Man, I did that. I can show you how to do that. If you just listen, if you just trust and, and, and you read the story, hopefully yeah. it'll inspire you to uh to unlock that potential that's right. inside of you because i think that we're all great i i think no man is greater than the other it's can you unlock that greatness and put that's it on it. full display and not that's be it. afraid and not be ashamed of that light that's inside of you and i think we all have that potential and uh you know just to you know to use that book as an avenue to create you know that mindset that hey we can rise above our circumstances no matter what they may be that's my that's my goal oh, i love it I love it, man. The book is going to be fire. And, um, man, if you need any help with that, man, we can definitely um, lend our hand to help you with that. Because that is, I trust me, that is going to, that is the way. Um, like, I never thought about being an author. Um, and not in my wildest imagination, man. You know, I just school. I, mean, I hated school. I just, I hated the only class, man. Um, that I love was history. History was yeah. that class, man. Yeah. I tell kids all the time, man, my favorite classes was uh, uh, history, lunch, and recess. <laughs> that, that's know, me. I'll just shit. be honest with you, man. I didn't, <laughs> I didn't like, I didn't like school in that way. But um, the reason I have, I love history is because of those history teachers. Miss, um, uh, Miss Hutt, Man, she she um she sparked something that was in me already, and um it never left. Man, that happened like when I was in the what seventh eighth grade, whatever grade wow. took yeah. her in, man. And um it just continued. When I got to high school, I had some I had some pretty good history teachers, and uh, I just that subject 
you know, and that's my life now. What a lot of is his story. You break down mm -hmm. history. And right. so I'm getting to about the author was um, I did a, um, a study a while back um, about the Willie Lynch, the whole, yeah, the whole yeah. thing, man. And yeah. just when you study that, there's so many other things that are connected to it. And um, I remember my grandfather, uh, you know, he, um, he had the, he had a third grade education, man. He had to quit school to help work, you right. know, and um, taught himself how to read, taught himself how to write math, all of that. And he told me one time, he said, you know, they told him that if you, if you want to, if you want to keep something uh, for the life, he said, all you got to do put it in the book. Put it in the book because <laughs> yeah. they won't read. Yeah. And man, you know, later in life, man, that just resonated with me. I was like, nah, nah I want, I want to change the, um, the commentary on that. Yeah. And I think we can write now, we can write, um, stories we can tell the stories that need to be told that can have the impact that it needs to happen and i and i i i say this when you and i grow up i'm gonna put these names out there and i don't have no issue with any of these books but i just want to show you how wide open it is and how there are so many things we have to to give and to bring um quality to when you and i grew up there were pretty much three or four books that was just out there which one? The first one was Clifford the Big Red Dog. Yeah. Right? Right. The other, the other one was what? Green Egg and Ham. Green Egg and Ham. Sam I Am. Yeah. What's what's my other book I'm forgetting? Um, um oh my goodness. I can't think of it. With me, it was Charlotte's Web. Charlotte's Web. That is that's it. <laughs> yeah. Charlotte's Web, so, right? That's yeah. it. Now you when you think of these books, I, I, and I me and you are talking about what? generational legacy and generational wealth whoever came up with the ideas of these books right. their great 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 grandchildren will never have to lift a finger right. because of the person who dared to live inside of what was living inside of them Most definitely. you can't go yeah. to no school no elementary school no daycare no kind of institution of learning and one of those books if not all four of them are somewhere you ain't going to no library and those books are in there right, my point right. is if they had if they had a never tapped into what was on the inside of them the world wouldn't know those books yeah. so when you think about us when we write like we can write the stories of children today right i think about, i'm serious like this ain't no fluff my book i wish i could have went to a library and picked up the book god has an app for that it help. It would have helped keep me just out of some things because of how I wrote the book. It's it's just like man, you have to. Sometimes we're looking for help, and sometimes we need to be able to look for help and look in the mirror and see that it looks like me. Most definitely. That, that was that was so powerful about Barack Obama becoming president because for so mm -hmm. long it was like, man, is it ever gonna happen? Most definitely, bro. We we experience it happened. So that means what? It's possible. Most it's definitely. possible. And so, man, when I'm telling you, whatever's on the inside of you, it may not be being the president of the United States, but whatever's on the inside of you, it is so valuable. And whatever it is, man, unlock it, release it, pour it on the world, and watch God bless it. Why right. is he going to bless it? Because he put it inside of you. Right. Man, you've been watching this whole, 
this whole interview, and we've been on here for a little bit, but now look at he's smiling now. He's not even talking. That's somebody <laughs> who's living in their purpose. They're oh, walking man. out the purpose, man. And yeah. so th this has been good, man. This has been good, man. So if I would say, Carlos, like I told you, man, I, I sent you some questions. We ain't even get into them questions, man. Right. <laughs> What's going to be a so genuine conversation? That's this, it, know, man. And that's and that's, that's cool. Just just two two brothers talking. Yeah, man. And, but other brothers yeah. need to hear it. Like yeah. they need to hear it in this way. Like this is like straight up love, man. I know, man. We you know how we grew up in a time where, you know, guys necessarily, man, we. To be honest, we weren't taught to show affection for one another right. in that way. You know, there was right. another turn for it, and we ain't trying to go the other day. Right. But I think that hurt us. Yeah. Because, you know, if you be honest, in some of the most toughest times in your life, what a blessing it would have been to have another brother who'd been where you've been to be able to just like, hey, bro, you, hey, hold hold this pattern. Hold this pattern. Right. You, you right. know, I look. I know they look like your flight almost out of gas, but trust me, man, right. there are some maneuvers that you can do in the cockpit that can still land the plane with yes. the amount of gas you got left. Yes. But it takes somebody, man, who's been there. And uh, unfortunately, like you said, a lot of times, you and I don't know a lot of people that look like us that's been there, right? Exactly. And so I'm, I just feel we can change that by doing the things that we need to do, man. And so... Um, when you when you talk about this, and and I'll I'll end my part of it with this, where we come from, there's an entity there that's swallowing up young men that look like you and me, and majority of them don't have no business in there, man. Yeah. Don't have no business in there, man. They good guys, yeah. they um made some crazy choices, right? Because wow. of the environment, and now their whole life has been taken from them, and not just them, but the people who love them. So now right. you got you got a you got a perpetuation of a generation of kids not having their fathers. Yeah. Now this young man got to grow up without a father. He's trying to figure it out. And if don't nobody intervene, he's gonna make worse decisions than the person that's in prison that should be in his life. And so I'm just like, man, enough is enough. Yeah. It's a, it is enough is enough, man. I ain't gonna I don't want to talk about statistics no more. Let's just create a new statistic. Right. You know what I mean? And so um, that's what I'm about. So um, not just me, but that's what you're about, man. Give us some closing words, Carlos, man, because man, I have we could be on here for another hour just uh, because if we yeah. got the stories, man. God has been with us, man. Yeah. We've experienced it, and um, give us some closing words, man. Encourage somebody right now who's watching and say, yeah, man, I hear y'all, and I'm I'm happy for the things that you've accomplished, but man, I just don't think that's for me, man. Right, you know, give somebody some hope, man. Man, it's 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 you know life naturally it's going to have its obstacles it's going to have its ups and downs um and it's not always going to be peaches and cream but um you know god have given us this ability to overcome and to persevere uh, and we just need a few tools to to, to accomplish that uh one is a belief in him and two is a belief in yourself yeah um, anything's possible um and we have overcame and this is for everybody and the whole world harry everything that you've been through everything that i've been through we've overcame it because we're yeah. here now you know Absolutely. What I'm like we're here now so it right. wasn't it wasn't that bad as, as bad as it may seem right. it's never that bad and that that breakthrough is coming if right. we just you know stay positive and, and stay 
heading in the right direction. And you, you, you speak about the smile that I keep on my face and I'm yeah. smiling because I know everything's going to be all right. Sometimes That's I don't it. know how it's going to be all right, but I That's know it. that it's going to be all right. And I truly believe that. And I think life, uh, how you view life and how you live life uh, is, is indicative of how you see things, yeah. you know, the glass half full or the half empty. Right. I'm just, it's half full. You know, I, I just try to view it through a positive lens. And I just think that if we just keep moving forward, putting one foot in front of the other and believing that no yeah. matter what your circumstance is, man, we can turn it around. We can turn uh, around. For the betterment man. of yourself and others. And your story is so important. Everybody that's going through something, your mm-hmm. story is so important that can uh, it can and it could uh, navigate that person coming from behind to yeah. not hit that same tire that's in the road, you know. That's and it. so we have to live out loud more. And that's one of the things that I appreciate you uh, inviting me on this podcast is because some of the things that I've mentioned on this podcast, I haven't said before uh, in Man. a public uh, a forum. So only my family and my close friends know who wow. I really am and what I've really been through. So, you know, and you definitely that's where relationships come to play, where Absolutely. now I'm comfortable. I take my guards down and I know you'll you'll take these words and you'll and you'll make it to where people or you'll give me the avenue to 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 allow this to touch someone in a positive matter instead of saying, man, you know, that dude did this and that's just crazy. You know what I'm saying? It's just it's just it's just being positive and and spreading positivity and spreading love. And and I think that if we continue to have dialogues like this, if we continue to write our stories down, if we continue to continue to tell our stories, continue to mentor these youth, um, we can turn this thing around. I, I truly believe that we can turn this world around one kid, one person at a time. And it's all Absolutely. in the youth. It's, it's us getting ourselves together as men and going back and getting these youth. And in turn, I think we start to win this battle a, a little bit. So, you know, basically that's, that's my, that's my, that's my closing statement is man, yeah. you got, you got, you got breath in your body. I've said this three or four times. You got, you got breath in your body. You have an opportunity. And that's, that's all it. I'm asking for is, is yeah. just, you continue to fight, you know? That's it, man. That's good stuff, man. That's yeah. real good stuff. Come on, New Balance Podcast. Show my brother some love. Carlos Wilson, man. Uh, incredible story. Can't wait for the book to come out, man. We're going to jump all over it. Uh, matter of fact, man, when you get ready to release it, man, hit me up with the um, the info. I'm going to flood my social with it. I'm going to put Perfect. it on my platform, man. Look, we want everybody to go get it. And uh, we want to spread the word, man. Um, there are a bunch of guys that look like us, man, that need what we have. And we're going to do our part to make sure that they get it, man. So, um, hey, man, before we get out of here, as we always say, man, it is strength for today, sustenance for tomorrow. It's your boy, your potential conditioner, H2O. We'll see you next episode. Peace.